about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Tim, hi. Ryan. Hi. Hi. Hey. Hello. And hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. You are listening to, you are here for, Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and myself, Tim Aslin. Tim Aslin, we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything he and I found interesting or noteworthy about a horror film. A horror film we've been wanting to see, we've been told to see, we've been wanting to revisit, all that. <laughs> told told to see. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. That we've been preferred. Um, yeah, which, which are our favorite as far as like, you know, we feel like uh, we're always digging for treasure here. And um, whether it ends up being a piece of gold piece of silver a neat look <laughs> a neat looking rock or a piece of coal we are uh, happy to I mean have... at least coal has like functionality practical purposes all right then a piece of s-h-i-t how about that as our lowest i like the idea of like petrified just dung <laughs> yes <laughs> petrified dung whether it ends up being that or as i said a piece of gold we're happy to have uncovered it and sorted it and um, cataloged it accordingly. With cataloged it, get it? <laughs> I, yeah, because it's a log. A turd is a log. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, we've really peaked here. <laughs> peaked. <laughs> God, it's over. Quarantine has officially destroyed us. Well, we're in episode ninety-four of doing this thing, and yeah, it's been what. A couple months, a few months. I don't know, man. Too many months. As Tim and I, both people who live alone, it's definitely a lot. It's a lot of a little, and it's a little of a lot. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but we do are here on a mission to talk about a 2017 film available on Netflix for you and us called The Lodgers. It is a, a Irish gothic tale so god <laughs> yep <laughs> starring charlotte vega david bradley and bill milner anyways bill. anyways yeah tim anything else you want to say before we get to the trailer for the lodgers hbo max came out today i saw i was already browsing it i'm i'm confused a little bit like how is it different from like regular hbo it has original content the other one doesn't and it's outsourcing other content from i think warner brothers warner brothers and stuff like that so it has like friends i get it. all of harry potter new looney tunes it has a new series what? of looney tunes that's like 10 episodes or whatever okay that's interesting it has the first thing i checked for was it has all the ghibli films or Ghibli, whatever, however it said. The Studio Ghibli, you know, like the Miyazaki movies, How's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, stuff like that. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I was bummed it didn't look like they had the subtitled Japanese versions. So, whatever. Oh. Maybe they'll get in okay. on that. Hmm. And a lot of Turner Classic Movies selections, apparently a lot from Criterion on there somewhere, or they're going to get to that. Um, yeah. Okay. Poke around. You just got to poke around. 
Well, I, here's my thing. It's like, do I have to pay for it? Because I don't want to. Well, sorry, no one can respond. And it's just you and I in this bubble for today. <laughs> and for now. <laughs> We're listening. I can't hear what you're saying if you know. It doesn't work that way. Ugh. Yeah, really. Sorry. Shut up. Stop yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Okay, Tim, I sent you the trailer for The Lodgers. How about we oh, watch should it? should we watch that? Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. All right. Here it is. As I said, from 2017, The Lodgers. We came to this place and shut ourselves away. So nobody would know what we are. Every sound the house makes, I hear them. They won't wait much longer. Do you believe that two people can do something so, so unnatural that it leaves a stain on them? And that the stain goes on to their children? And to their children's children? This house speaks to us. It belongs to us and we to it. I don't get it. (laughs) What, Tim? (laughs) I just don't get it. Like, I kind of think that I get what they're trying to go for, but I just didn't get it. I don't think there was much to get. What do you mean? I don't know. It just didn't feel like satisfying. Yeah, that doesn't mean you didn't get it. Just me- Well, I think the lack of satisfaction comes from the fact that I didn't actually get something from it. You know what I mean? Oh, like you didn't get it yeah that's kind of what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah like i also didn't really get it (laughs) right i mean honestly it was funny like it's all predicated on knowing these rules and i like kind of just had a vague understand like they're they're set up in the song at the beginning and i didn't really quite hear it but i i figured it out whatever it was fine yeah but like, I guess you know what it is. It's it, the the it is the like the why. What the it that I didn't get is the answer to why. You know, I feel like all these. This is a, a the trope of the like gothic, haunted, you know, whatever. Like, there's an element that I think needs to exist in, or no, it doesn't need to, but commonly exists in those Mm -hmm. stories and i think that's part of why they get told in that like even with like the innocence well actually hold off on that idea the the idea we've talked about this before the, the 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 sort of the the gothic whether it's a ghost story or not but like there's sort of a a setup of you know the haunting whether it's literal or metaphorical has a, a a reason behind it, an it, like the 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 why. And this one, I think, kind of this movie kind of has it, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
but it's so obtuse. Uh, unless I just um, was dumb in my watching it, like I just wasn't grabbing it, or grasping it. I think it. Yeah, it was more that. But like yeah. Ultimately, so uh, you know, you can have it be literal for sure. Like, oh, this bad thing happened, and that's why this is this yeah, stuff yeah. is going on. Or you can have like the innocence, where it's it really is kind of a the why is is more of an idea, and that. Uh, propels the story and you don't even have to answer it it's it's more about the like oh shit the question is the answer to why all of this is happening does kind of feel like an in-between it feels in between so having said all that i guess that's why i'm i'm just a stream yeah i'm you know i i felt like kind of like what (laughs) right okay like cool looks cool there's some really good imagery. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, it, it was is. I'll just I'll just kind of like cool, cool. Okay, yeah, that's spooky. I thought it was as far right. as like having you know distracting holes in it, nothing like that. Like it was assembled well. I really were was into the actors, like just kind of the main quad quadro. I don't know what you'd say. Yeah. The main four leads, <laughs> quartet, and, quartet. Anyone who popped up. So it was like simple story told perfectly fine. Um, but don't I think that that's where I kind of I'm like, and and then whatever. Yeah, it's not. And I'm like, if you like with all the all the the hard work to to have all these elements coexisting into this thing. Yeah. To not have some sort of like payoff i guess right felt the like disappointing yeah i mean just her getting away was nice on a certain level but as far as the supernatural stuff but without even it was like okay she got away (laughs) yeah you know what i mean It, it just never got there so i don't know whatever all right yeah no i give it i give it a little more solid of a stream it for me it was kind of like it didn't get to that level of kind of charm that um, that Eramentari, the blacksmith and the devil had. But I sort of uh, compare it just as far as kind of like production value and kind of the, sure. the like just fine with some cool moments filmmaking level. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether the pieces just didn't add up to me quite as much as that one. Or it didn't have enough kind of like kind of unique to it that that one did that that flavor or color that that one had yes um i was just gonna go get deeper into it but i guess we should wait can you hold that <laughs> thought will you like, maybe write it down because I, I do want to hear it later but first next i should say <laughs> we got to get to our summary officially oh god okay so Here we go so so <laughs> Ready? Who do we got? We got Rachel and Edward. Yep. They live in a manor. Old big manor. A manner of speaking, too. <laughs> what? No. It is old and big. It's not a manner of speaking. No, they live in a manner of speaking. They speak a certain way, as <laughs> that's what you mean. Um, so you know, they're alone. 
Yes, very alone. In fact, poor Edward has never left. So he, uh, Rachel, who's older by like 10 minutes or whatever, is the one who goes That's to right. town. Oh, yeah, they're twins. Yeah, they're twins. We learn the greater story is that they come from a not long but uh, decently um, recurring lineage of incestuous twins who live alone in this this manner and uh, keep up this... This it's like it's 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 like a curse, it's like a ghostly curse where the previous versions or the their their ancestors, their incestuous ancestors, I guess, are the ghost. Like kind of water based will haunt them in that they yeah. have the big lake outside that's connected to a hole in the front entrance area of the mansion, yeah. the square wood hole. And they have to follow a set of rules. They can't feed them. I mean, they can't stay up they after can't midnight. Feed them. Don't feed the animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can't stay up after midnight. They can't leave each other. And then what was the third one? They don't let anybody in. Don't let anyone in. Right. Right. And so as they um, were kind of coming into their story on their 18th birthday, and uh, Rachel's trying trying to stay as positive as she can. Poor Edward's just freaking out and abusive and is totally a lost cause. And um, <laughs> they don't have a very good 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't. And things kind of get worse along the way, not without um, a few deaths of people surrounding her. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tragic, actually. I felt for her. You know, I take it back. I get it. But I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. It didn't do it for you. Yeah. You got it, but didn't do it. Is that yeah. <laughs> accurate? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know. Honestly, this was not like a, uh, I guess, stream it for me. This was like a, yeah, you know, it's it's better than a lot of things we watch. This is like exactly kind of a stream it movie for me. Like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah. It really sits in that particular, I don't know, just lane mm -hmm. of, sure, you're a movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was good. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Looks that. Good. Oh, yeah. That was kind of weird. <laughs> um so there's a rating and our anything else to add for the summary to tim i don't know not a lot happened not really um no i'd rather explore it in in our sections great she gets away and along the way the the, the brother dies the old man checking up on the estate dies and her potential bf dies <laughs> BF. Um, <laughs> all right. P yes, potential one-legged BF. I was all so sad for her. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, let's let's figure out more about what worked in our first section. Guess what it's called. What worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. I mean, even 
though I didn't quite grasp it. I kind of picked it up as it went along, which is fine. Like I like the idea of just these rules set out, like for something that's a more filmmaking style that is quote unquote slow burn, even though it's not at all um, kind of more, you know, creepy atmosphere, you know, just all that stuff. Something that's more airing toward realism, I'd say at its, its core, you know, just as far as the style, like it's kind of nice to have these, these kind of pillars that you can then hang your hat on. Um, yeah. that works. Uh, so this was fun. Yeah. I, you know, it's got all sorts of good elements. Um, you can kind of just like go down the line. Yeah. Right? Like the characters are pretty, you know, they're pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, each one of them has something going on, which I think we, you can't say that for every movie we've watched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's an actual story going on and it takes place in a time and a place and there is atmosphere and, uh, there's a mood and a kind of a a plotting, I guess, a plotting movement to the story that are all fine. Like they all are there and they're not bad. You could say there's actually here's the thing. There's really nothing bad about this movie. I just don't want what's so odd. I don't want to miss that opportunity, Tim. You could have said it's a plotting plotting. <laughs> it is a plotting plotting. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just was excited. It really about is. That. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, none of it's bad. Do you like um like the the conceit of I guess one of the horror conceits in it was cool. That's kind of like um Stranger Things. It's this upside down version of the mansion. Um is is kind of the reveal of what's in the the, the pit. Yes. Con- uh, visually, conceptually, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh, that's cool. There, I think actually what ultimately I arrive at and what we'll talk about and what didn't work is the... So you have all these elements that I think are good. The look, the tone, the the atmosphere, the, the film style, the acting... Uh, the characterization, the actual like setting, all those things are are I think cool. Mm-hmm. Like they look cool. They they do their thing. But I think there's something underneath that doesn't exist that makes it feel hollow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, do I think that that upside down and like the dripping things dripping upward? Yeah, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's cool. You look, you're like, whoa, that's freaky and unnatural cool yeah to what end right i think is where you then next want to go um but as as a in and of itself as an element i it does work yes it makes you go ooh, cool I, i went ooh, cool at um every time the water came out from underneath it it had this oozing quality to it yeah, that was neat. Yeah, I really do. I like. You know what? Ultimately, I think what we're saying is the thing that really, really worked is the design mm-hmm. of this movie. 
mm-hmm. all across the board, design is really, really working. Yeah, actually. And, you know, a moment I just remembered um, I really liked was when we have um, Sean is the potential BF, as I said. I think his mm-hmm. name is Sean when he, he's missing a leg and like when he's the that kind the moment where he as a I don't know he's like spirit walking or whatever he's like left his body and that visual of him walking up the stairs like with the missing leg but as if his leg was there right that's right I like that that is cool mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of really I just think the look of of this and like I guess it's more than just the look, the construction mm-hmm. of the elements <laughs> right. are really cool. Like tone, the tone that is accomplished through that construction is pleasing and like ethereal and freaky. And like, I just, it's, it's such a good mood. Yeah. And good, I mean good in, like, I, I enjoyed it. I was like, ooh, I'm into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I love, I love the lead girl. I think she's super compelling, and her twin is, is like, equally compelling in an, uh, 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 like, I, I don't like him way. Yeah, in an inverse way. Right. But, like, that all really works. Yeah. I like, I don't know what it was. I just felt for her like really hard every time. Just her situation was just so horrible. And she was yeah. like, you think from the beginning, just, be, I don't know, something just about the onset. And this is, I like the direction it went was, it seemed like it might've been that more typical where it, it's like, I don't know if this actually is more typical, but for whatever in my, my brain, I, I was expecting it to go where it's kind of like the both of them are kind of more like dual protagonists, like at the mm-hmm. way beginning, just with that setup. But I really like that it be- was, it didn't even become, it really like was her story from the get go with as, Very much, yeah. as soon as he like abused her by grabbing her neck at the beginning, it's like mm-hmm. you were just so with her and like wanting to get out. And then even the townspeople chiding her and all that. It was just like, just wanted a boyfriend. Just want to get out and see the world. <laughs> Wants a life. Yeah, right. And then, you know, I relate. Right. And then, but ideas, then, you know, it gave you stuff to chew on where then the 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 boyfriend who'd come back from the war was like, uh, what's his name? Sean was like, trust me, it's only, you know, death and blah, blah, blah out there. And then she was like, yeah, but it's not. There's only death in here. I don't know. Give you something to right. chew on. No, and so that, so I think that's the other main success for me is is the the thematic aspect of of the movie. I I I really like. I think it's a cool thing to sort of pick apart that there's this, you know, there's sort of this metaphor. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of metaphors, but there's the one I like, I think the most maybe is when you insulate yourself as a, for whatever reason. So in this case, I think the, the closest one-to-one uh, thing that they're pointing at is the idea of like royalty versus the proletariat. Right. You've got your you've got your commoners and you've got your royalty. And there's a divide between those two things. And that divide exists today in our world, too. Right. Like that's a common human thing that that exists in the world. 
And this is a cool way to sort of put it up against each other in a more like intense way is to, to really hone in on like magnifying aspects, negative aspects of royalty, you know, the incestuousness that comes along with being like, we're, we have to exist in our insular world because the rest of whatever humanity isn't up to our standard. So we have to separate ourselves from them and be our own thing. And only people that we deem worthy in this case, the, the highest form of that are literal family are the only people we have access to. And we have to perpetuate that royal bloodline kind of idea. It's a really like magnified version of the incestuousness or metaphorical incestuousness of royal lineage. Right. Well, I think it's... And I think that's cool to just be, just to sort of pick that piece out and be like, let's make it about that. The, um, the ideas like within that, that spring out to me it's like it's less about maybe a, a royal lineage but like specifically the passing the bloodline or like a family lineage within that yeah and kind of yeah. that separation but i guess i i get what you mean just as far as like the added um setting of being like essentially a, a palace you know or yeah. a certain class i guess that you yeah, associate I think the classism is sort of what i pulling okay. away from it right like it doesn't necessarily need to be kings and queens but it's sort of like the separation of the the idea anybody can have this idea like i'm my family is special right right and we need to insulate ourselves from anything other than us what <laughs> um what 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 that um what that means to me and like what I think is so fat, it's less about like, even if that's the outward thing being spoken at any given time, it more comes down to like severe trust issues with these people. Like we sure. have, we have been hurt so bad or whatever, or we are just so scared of anyone else outside of these confines, kind of like what Edward represents, especially, Definitely. you know, yes. that um, rather than just being like, oh, it's all evil out there. Can't trust it. You know, we're just going to stay here. Right. And, you know, and we see this in a in a very flipped way in Calvaire, mm -hmm. right, where it's more about sort of the town folk having that sort of insular Ide uh, uh, I don't know. Is it an ideology? It's a sort of worldview. <laughs> sickness, <laughs> I'd say. Or but... whatever. Sure, sickness. Yeah. And, and so you can you can play with that theme in lots of different ways. And I mean, I, I dig it. I, I dig that that's where you end up sort of going, oh, shit, that's the reveal of this story. Yeah. Um. And that sort of stops there for me. Like the the thing that I like about it just sort of stops. Mm -hmm. The, I mean, I was reading into more. I was curious what you, where how how or if you were reading into this, but the idea, I just it's the more like straight up curse that it is of like, and which I like about it as far as this this repeating like incestuous uh, double suicide thing. Um, which it's like, it, it, for me, it's that idea of like a loop that can't be broken yet. The one suffering from it, like 
it's not like they aren't aging, you know, they, they aren't trapped in time necessarily. And the outside world is still going. So that's right. But yet the, that, that fixation or that negative, you know, mindset, whatever it is that's keeping them trapped is the thing that's still repeating. And it's like, well, that's what I think is so cool about this idea is that the evil, uh, literal or not is the belief in the curse Mm -hmm. the belief that we have to keep doing this thing this certain way to survive is you know edward buys in and this this story the reason we have this story at all is because rachel questions that belief so you have this whole theme around i mean we deal with this all the time right like (laughs) you grow up in a family that family has a set of beliefs whether it's you know political or religious or whatever but those beliefs are really strong and you buy in because they're your family and that's all you know and the only way you generally break out of that is by exposure to other things yeah and so edward is the perfect example of the person who's indoctrinated and never gets exposure so he never it's never an option for him to break that belief that he believes 100 that this thing is real and it is real but he's bought in Right. It's without question what what he's missing out on, like, and what's interesting, too, is like it's yeah, it's 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 not like these are just ideas in his head Um, as far as he has, like creepy ghosts. He sees water dripping upwards, things pounding from under it like that, that ties that link um, for making these rules, you know, real in his mind. Well, these must be real because it's all part of the curse and I can the ghosts are real. You know, I, I experience them. So that means the repercussions must be real. But what he's missing that's interesting is, and I think is a really cool idea, is that we associate, oh, this is some, you know, impenetrable curse. But really it's just people, like they're ghosts or whatever, but they're just remnants of these people's insecurities and fixations you know it doesn't matter if they've gone to a supernatural place its point of origin is still that very human that's true and i think actually that's kind of the cool aspect of putting rachel up against edward it's edward right yes yeah for some reason, I thought it might be Edmund. That's not it. <laughs> it was either going to be Edward or Edmund when you look at him. I mean, really. <laughs> but so, you know, there's a moment in the movie when he's talking about the bird and she's like, the bird's not there. Right? So what we're really talking about, essentially, is the Plato's uh, cave allegory. I mean, that's essentially if you boil, boil, boil down to like really fundamental storytelling, what we're exploring in this movie is the idea of belief is based on perception. And until you can perceive broader, whatever you're seeing is true to you. So 
if anybody's wondering, the cave allegory thing is like you're you're in a cave. All you, you, your back is to the opening of the cave. You've never you can't for I forget what the deal is exactly. You can't see you can't look o- behind you. Mm-hmm. All you can see is the the shadows on the wall that are cast from the fire in the cave. Um, and so that's your reality. You believe that those things are are they are for you reality. Mm-hmm. But you can turn around eventually if you choose to turn around you'll see that there's more to the world that those shadows are not actual people they're the shadows of people and so it's just a it's just a way of describing enlightenment right like you you your world exists in this little you know tunnel vision until you step out of it and see that there's more to the world as okay and that's tied to as far as seeing a bird that's not there so what i'm saying yeah exactly like everything edward experiences real or not to him is real to him or sorry real or not in the world (laughs) is real to him yeah right like he sees the bird the bird, as far as he's concerned the bird's real but rachel represents somebody who has left the cave so to speak She's seen that there's more to the world than Edward has. Yeah. And so, like, whatever exists in Edward's mind is limited to the scope of what he uh, perceives based on what he knows. It's so tragic and sad when he's asking, what is it like beyond the gates, beyond these grounds, or whatever he says. Right. And she says something pretty creepy where she's like, would you... Would you believe it if I said it wasn't beautiful or something like that? And it's like, Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> How fucking depressing. Like, does she want him to not leave? Like, what the fuck? Caught her in a bad mood. Yeah, I mean, really. I'd be in a bad mood if I had to live with him, too, because he's a real downer. Yeah, I know. She just wanted to go for a walk on the grounds with their brother on their birthday. And he couldn't even do that. Instead, he just had to flip out. Right. Like, take a fucking pill, Edward. <laughs> well, Jesus, he would need to go to town for that. Yeah. So, you know, I, all those things are cool. Like, I think all that stuff is cool. I, I, I think putting it up against a town that sort of knows or at least the the woman who uh, Sean's mom, you know, she she's the most grounded in reality or a reality, but like a, a reality that we connect to in this movie, right? She's sort of like the realist person there. And she's like, I don't want to fucking fuck with these guys. Cause I know the history of that, the family that lives there. She knows the, like the horrors of the world that she lives into. She's got a son who went to war. So she's connected to that horror. Oh, but you're talking about the, the mom in the town. That's yeah, yeah. the father, that mother to, um, Sean. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she, she's like pretty grand. So it's an, it's a nice touchstone for us, but it also, you know, it gives us a chance to sort of see somebody who's like, she's flawed in her own way. Cause she, she doesn't even want her son to interact with those with Rachel. No, she doesn't even hear her out. Like 
Come on. Exactly. She's just made a decision. You're bad. And so it's sort of a nice counterpoint to see that even with somebody who's really grounded in in what we would consider reality, she still is like at the mercy of her own prejudices. Right. Which is kind of it's a kind of a cool that they set they set it at an appropriate time because like when you have you know people going off to war and soldiers marching around like you get her prejudices and like totally the town the town boys like trying to rape women or whatever they're doing getting up to trouble as they call it like well and it and it pushes it pushes up against the classism as well right like edward didn't have to go to war yeah right because why would he he's he's rich or (laughs) so to speak they have credit yeah, yeah, exactly. They have credit. He doesn't he doesn't belong in that same class. Yeah. Um before we leave it too far behind, I just wanted to say I really liked um just the uh, imagery, idea, metaphor whatever of a boy hold a boy who is trapped carrying a caged animal and becoming attached to it. You know, just as talking about um uh, cyclical th- ideas or, you know, <laughs> just, just yeah. all that good stuff. Uh, I don't know. That, that, that kind of got to me maybe as a, a boy with an animal, I don't know, <laughs> trapped in my home. <laughs> you know? Right. But, but the metaphor is, is, you, you know, six your cat isn't in an actual cage. Right. Right. He's off. Yeah. As far as he right. know, like he's the reason Edward the relates, world. the reason Edward relates to the bird well, is yeah, the reason he relates to the bird in the first place is because he has context for a bird that, like, birds belong in cages. Yeah. Right? Because that's what he knows. That's what he's seen. His mom had a cage with a bird in it that died. Mm-hmm. So he can only relate to the bird in that context. Yeah. Not only, but, like, that's that's what makes sense to him. Right. Oh, yeah. Because he's... he's the bird in the cage, right? Like. Yeah. They're the same. Yeah, exactly. Just and that- he has to he has to take this bird that wasn't in a fucking cage to begin with and fit it into his worldview, which is things belong in cages because right? that's what he is. He, it, that's what he knows. As horrible and kind of unlikable as he is, those little touches of like where he's petting the bird outside of its cage at one point, it just makes it all so sad and tragic. That's right, because there's a part of him, I think, that that yearns for a thing, but the tragedy is that he can't bring himself to do it. Right. I mean, and also just how messed up he is of the the whole incestuous thing where it's like he knows that's it. They're they're like, quote unquote, of age. We get that little scene where he's like, oh, are you drawing the bath for both of us? And she's like, "Uh, we're too old for that. It's ridiculous. But he has no other world of like. He's not he, he's never even seen another person. It's just that there's no context for that kind of right or wrong for him. And That's like right. you you feel Actually, it's worse it's worse that there's no context. It's that the only context he's been giving is that that's right. That history, right. And that they're almost kind of doomed to it like it's just he's exactly taking the steps almost but 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 like that's what you do man you see that you see that culturally all over the place right like you do the thing because that's what you do according to fucking your parents i guess or like the people around you who who say oh that's just what you do you know like so sad like though like 
when he's you're seeing like he's feeling that tension around her so much she's just met you know her potential boyfriend you know much healthier uh worldview out there but he's just like it's it's so sad when you just feel like he just wants that that kind of intimacy and connection and she is his only hope for that it's so sad in his mind she is right he can't leave yeah 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 exactly but um, yeah, that's I mean, that to me, that's the 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 most compelling component to the, the story or the structure of this story. Mm-hmm. That singular that singular idea or concept that. Oh, God, am I going to be able to articulate what you just said? He is trapped. By his own belief system despite his desire to break out of it mm-hmm. he cannot break out of it because it's all he knows and that and and he has somebody outside of it his sister well she's bridging the gap right she she's actually straddling those two worlds and it's it's compelling to watch her go through that it's comp- compelling because both of them are looking at it as life and death Right, but that's the tragedy is that he really firmly believes that it is death. And, you know, probably not. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I think that's what's so cool is that the, the belief, the belief is, is the key to it. Right. If you believe that you'll die if you don't go to bed by midnight. Yeah, you will. Well, I mean, the power of your belief is what keeps you where you are. It's also that twisted um, version of of trust as far as there. He's you know, he's what he's believing is that family, a.k.a. his parents worldview which is then right. his grandparents, which is probably then his, I think it went back to the great, great, great grandparents started it. Like, I think they're like the fourth or third, something like that. Anyway. Something like that. Yeah. But um, that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's all. That's, I, I think that's a really compelling story and concept to play with. Um, something that they kind of touch on. But and it was again just kind of a cool thing in itself. I don't know if I wanted more or less or what, but just any like twin connectivity things. Like there's that moment where they're both like feeling their shoulder, or like she's feeling her shoulder, and he can feel she's feeling her shoulder uh, yeah, or yeah. something like that. And it kind of that that idea was touched on too, where she's um, touching Sean's like phantom limb, you know, asking, "Can you feel this?" But just mm-hmm. that kind of. I, I guess that's connected it. My mind just connected it right now, but I don't know. Just as far as any twin stuff was neat. Well, I think that, you know, the, the basis for this is, you know, just from a storytelling point of view is that you're really just talking. When you have twins, you're just talking about duality, right? So for all intents and purposes, you could have Edward and Rachel be one person. They essentially are. They're just the duality. They're the two sides of one person yeah and so like you can there to me in a way this whole story is kind of representative of just human growth right you 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 yourself you any human being have within you duality you have the part of you that says i need to hold on to these beliefs in this worldview that i've been told 
And the part of you that's like, yeah, but I also want to see if there's more to the world than that. And that sometimes for some people comes into great conflict. And sometimes it doesn't like one just has more power over the other um, in either direction. And that's usually what in storytelling, what makes for really compelling character is to see that duality within one person. This is just splitting them down the middle and saying, let's have them represent that, but get at each other over it. That's cool. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if um, there was in, in their lineage, if there was this kind of conflict before where either the brother or the sister like was taking more of a stance. Well, this that's definitely. Yes, definitely. Their parents, the moment Rachel sees the vision of her dad drowning her mom rather than uh, them drowning together. Right. Is the indication that. This has this cycle of, at least in this particular case, maybe it went back and forth, but the husband or not the husband, the brother was always the one holding on to, which I actually think is a cool way of doing it, that the male ego is the one that's holding on harder and the female ego is the one that's trying to explore the world. The the masculine versus feminine sort of duality is yeah. in within that too. Um, and so, you know, of course, Edward is going to hang on because that's what he does. He hangs on to that and he's cool with it. Like he doesn't even tell her that he saw dad kill mom. I forgot about that. Yeah. Right. Like he, he, he just sort of brushes it aside and says, no, no, but this is what we do. As opposed to somebody who can like have contact with, you know, morality. Right. He just looked at it as further validation. <laughs> right. And go, oh, shit, maybe what we're doing is not cool. Instead of questioning it because it's wrong morally, he buys in more. So that's tragic. And she it, she gets to see that and go, oh, fuck, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Believe it if you need it. If you don't, just pass it on. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, like... All that shit's cool. I liked, uh, actually, something else that the twin stuff did for me I liked was, it's kind of like in, um, in Sisters, was it, I want to say, where yeah, anything else we watched when I is the, the Cronenberg um, movie, what's that called? We didn't watch it, um, but you know, the twin one. Dead, um, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers, uh, yeah. I watched it recently. Just the idea... It's a cool in to the idea of kind of the 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 semi supernatural or the supernatural of like we kind of have this inherent almost buy into the idea and like we just get it of let's say like twins just kind of uh, having kind of kind of con connectivity or understanding right. that kind of goes beyond what you know we can kind of explain. Um, so I I like that that was just kind of an in for me at the beginning of like okay there's potential potentiality for for uh, things beyond our understanding it's a good jumping off point when you're going into something that's supposed to be more uh, realistically toned right yeah yeah I like the uh, eels too I was just gonna say Tim I was literally <laughs> just gonna say how about those eels <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> they were great. Which, you know, as a metaphor, is a phallic metaphor 
And it's, you know, it's masculine, sort of the eel is, you know, it's all, it's like the snake, right? It's sort of like the original sin stuff. And it's all, it's all, it's all connected to that, that kind of metaphor and, and, um, symbolize, symbol, uh, symbology, symbolism, symbologyism. Um, that's right. <laughs> how that great, yeah, with the eel slithered up, but she's just trying to have a nice bath, a candlelit bath. <laughs> eel slithered. And there's a like, big old black eel, you know, uh, yeah. served on the dinner table. That was so good. I like it when it comes out of uh, old the old man's mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was probably the best, yeah. Um, speaking. Yeah, I mean, all that's cool. It's like this, all this stuff's cool. It's good. It's good concept stuff our one like um big kind of kill moment of um edward killing the the older older guy you just mentioned just getting stabbed yeah oh boy one of those repeated stab things that's where you're just like oh god but he's just the poor edward is just he's he just he's just so determined (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um and like, boy, that guy did not know what he was getting into. He should have listened to Rachel telling him, don't come in, but he, he yeah, could he not. Didn't, he didn't get it. Could not have imagined. <laughs> you know, but also he kind of he kind of gets a little comeuppance he in does. the sense that like previous to that, we see him be a creep. Yeah, no, I'm very much. Yeah. And it's like, yo, still, still, you, <laughs> you want to be a creep to like a 17, 18 year old, 18 year old girl? No problem, but you're going to get gut stabbed like 50 times. Yep. Yep. He's kind of represents his own side of, I like that kind of, um, that kind of, uh, not, it's not mirror cause it's not the ob- opposite, but that other side of like, we know this family of theirs has been doing this, this weird fulfilling this curse for generations. And then he says, oh, well, my family has always done your, your finances or whatever it is for yeah. g- generations. And that. That's his own trap that leads him to do the things he's doing so fastidiously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, this is a big problem in the world. I love her fighting back though. Yeah. Systemic, systemic issues in our cultures are, they're not, um, they're, they're systemic for reasons because a lot of people are buying into them on some level or another. Yeah, and it's kind of cool when you have um, what their family represents is, you know, Edward thinking, oh, well, you know, this is our whole world. Like, some, sometimes that alternate, you know, world that's outside of those greater world traps, like you think it's some kind of vestige or source for a better way of doing things. But when you see that an insulated world isn't offering any better alternatives, aside from what, you know, what Rachel has to tell the guy, the old guy, um, yeah, you kind of get what I assume with that. Yeah. Interesting. The more I think about it, the more this movie really is about masculine and feminine sort of duality and, and the dark. It, it points a lot at the darker side of masculinity. Yeah, and it's kind of... Um, it's not solely... It's not being like, oh, men are, are inherently terrible or whatever, but it's like, hey, just so you know, we live in a, a world where there's a lot of systemic bad masculinity right because i really liked you kind of had it that all emblemized i don't say i really liked it but i like uh, those emblemized in um like the the town dudes exactly, yeah. and then yeah. you have the one 
who they're they're kind of like, well, this is just how we all are. This is how it is. You know, you 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 whistle at the girls and then try to get them to force them to go to the woods with you. But then you have the back from the war guy who's been been humbled by war. Who's that's exactly right. Who's showing it's not even that he's been humbled by war. That's a big aspect of it. But war, him leaving their insular town, it's just another uh, representation of that theme. Yeah. That if you can leave the cave, you know, there may be a cost. I mean, there's a cost to him leaving the town. Yeah. Right. And and going to war. But the war opened his eyes and to a broader world. It's cool how like genuinely caring about her is what kind of then brought them closer, you know, mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, it's it's this look, it's a, I've made this argument, maybe not on the show that much, but like in my life a lot. Experience builds empathy. Yeah, that's like just the way it goes. And if you don't have experiences that are different than, you know, that are different, that, that, that push you outside of your little fucking insular world, uh, you don't grow a whole lot of empathy. Right. You just don't. And there's no end to that game is the thing. Yeah. I mean, Edward is exactly representative of the result of zero empathy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. He just doesn't even get it. He only cares about himself. That's it. Well, in his mind, he cares about the sister, too. And just like. I don't think he does. Well, at a certain point. In actuality, he cares about her in relation to what she provides him. But. Yeah, but as far as but in, again in his mind, he's doing whatever to fulfill this 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 cause or whatever, you know, which in the end, like when he grabs her at the beginning, he thinks he's saving her, you know, in a way by telling her the truth of how it is. That's right. But yes, I I mean I agree. Yeah. That's all still just him exerting his singular notion of survival. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like she serves a purpose. She's not there. She's there for him to survive. Right. And he's trying to keep that in line. Yeah. So like he doesn't actually care about her. He cares about her only insofar as how she helps him to uh, perpetuate the belief system that he has. It's it's like it's I mean, yeah, it's selfish, but it's like so beyond even him having a sense of self, you know, it's just this. He's just that's interesting. Yeah, he's just lost in this whatever he's been, you know, his his parents and grandparents ways. He's just that's right. He has no identity in a way. Yeah. Which is even it's an even more tragic version of lacking empathy. He doesn't even know he doesn't even have a self. He's pale. He's, uh, yeah, <laughs> he just, he just looks like it. That's fucking sad. Right. I know. And that's why it just is so sad and tragic when I see him holding that bird. It's like his only little bit of personality, you know, in there. Just yeah. like, oh, I like this. Bro. It's so sad both of, for both of them. Um, yeah, it's crazy. His whole identity is wrapped up in the notion of like, I just have to do these things, you know, I just have to go through the motions of these things. Like, it's just what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That's so depressing. <laughs> I, um, I did like, um, everybody quit your jobs. Yeah. Stop being, stop, just stop, stop being an automaton. Automaton. <laughs> automaton. Stop it. 
Right. Go live your best life. I know. Paint that painting. We'll get automatons. Learn that language. We can get automatons to be the automatons. You don't have Go to. Go to Belize. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Belize and paint your painting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Start you, that career you've always dreamt of. You should. Start that. It's okay. Start that garden. Leave that douche you're with this is why i'm so like you know i think in a lot of like um i don't know like growth taking care of yourself like the first thing you can do is take care of your space it's sort of it's it's this loop you're in with whatever your space is you know it's very cleansing yeah, that's interesting to clean and um yeah. just and, yeah, and th their place is <laughs> is a good representation yeah, of it's not keeping your space it's destitute it looks like yeah. edward you know and they don't, uh, they, it, it's almost like they, they really don't even know how. Right. So I just would wish like they just did this, you know, picturing a nicer story for them where it's like, great, well, we'll start with the main entrance and then they start cleaning it and like, <laughs> you know, oh, the, we'll bring in the, the light, you know, and opening yeah. the window. Um, nail that, nail that door to the underworld shut <laughs> yeah exactly just put a rug over it whatever just yeah like a nice little throw rug <laughs> um last real thing <laughs> i had was um going back to um sean the boyfriend um coming to save the day at the end it was really interesting how like there was the part of me like when he he was the one who ended up inadvertently sacrificing himself by going after her to save her. Like, I just wanted, because I wanted her to get him so bad, like, I wanted then the ending that I shouldn't want mm. to have because I've seen it a billion times and it's stupid and offensive now or whatever of, like, you know, the boy is the one who saves the day at the end. Sure. So it was really cool that it didn't do that. But at the same time, I was <laughs> just wanted the best for her. Um, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. that, and I'm saying that did work for me because... Because it actually, like, I was into her story and what she wanted and right. was affected by his the tragedy of it all. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I dig. I dig. Yeah. All right. You want to see uh, what we didn't dig? Sure. All right. All right. Here it is. Next section. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. <laughs> so to round out i think where we were tiptoeing around i guess or heading is that i think given all of those things and the the good execution of the setup and all these elements that are speaking to really cool ele uh, elements that are speaking to cool elements <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just did not feel like the payoff of the underground world or underwater world. Like it visually was interesting, but it just it's so hard it f feels like yeah, it was all it was was the payoff was kind of visual. It felt very pat. It didn't sort of end with a deeper mystery or sense of right. uh, what's, you know, even though we've come to understand more, it's still there's something haunting about it. Maybe the bow. The bow is both too neat and not enough. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think part of it, and this this seems to be 
pretty common in the gothic horror realm. Um, I think that it's a little bit of style over substance in the endings a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, cool. You fell into this underwater thing that we've been wondering about and we find out what's down there, which we kind of, we kind of got. But then the answer is just, oh, just take him and then I'm cool. And, and like, there's... I think part of what just felt so flat about the the ending ultimately or the movie in a lot of ways is you've got all this mood and tone and, and setup of cool ideas and like hauntingness. And then at a certain point in a, in a good story and a good movie for me, I need things to ramp up toward peril. Yeah, I feel like if they had done that, um, the reveal of the upside down thing, either as like a midpoint or just not done it at all, it could have behooved it. Yeah, like I want to see, I want to see the internal and the external clash, like meet up, The, the internal and external struggle of our main character. I want to see it clash in into a point where they have to make a decision. And this does it doesn't have that. She doesn't have to make a decision. She doesn't do shit. You're talking about I Rachel mean, she, specifically, not yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it actually kind of was undercut by the moment it it I just was like I don't get it. Even like, though she it didn't They're about to walk out the front door. Right, even though it didn't it was nice it didn't come down to her getting rescued. It was kind of just like Oh, she just got away. Yeah, I mean, look, if you just sort of plot out the moments, they get away, they, they, hmm. she gets out of the room after Sean gets stabbed in the hand and, and he's in peril. So that, that sequence was all right. You know, she gets, she finally gets through the door and she gets the, the knife out of his hand and they, they jump up and then the, the beings just go away. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. What? So what? Like then, 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 who gives a shit? <laughs> right? They didn't figure anything out. They didn't solve anything. They didn't like fight it off. She just pulled the knife out of his hand. That's not a. That's not an accomplishment, and it's certainly not cathartic. Okay, so that's the first one that just kind of made me go, okay. Then they start to leave. They're like, well, let's get the fuck out of here. And the water's going upside down. Cool. Uh, They get to the door. They could just walk out. And she's compelled to walk backwards and fall into the hole. Now, (laughs) that's not terrible if you get a little bit of a fucking sense of why she's compelled. That there, You see... Again, her internal struggle meeting up with her external struggle in that moment, and we can actually watch it unfold. But we don't, we don't get that. She just walks backwards. Mm-hmm. Why? Who cares? <laughs> right. Now, you could show that in a bunch of different ways visually. Here's one. Have all of the beings not aggressively just be behind her and... 
put their hands on her. They <laughs> represent the belief system that that has kept her and Edward there the whole time. Yeah. Right. Just have them there and have them putting their hands on her, sort of drawing her back and have Sean turn around and not see them. He doesn't believe in them. Right. So if he then we visually we go, holy shit, I get it. This is a metaphor. She's she's being drawn back by the by the idea, both Mm. literally and figuratively. And Sean, who represents breaking out of that belief system, he doesn't see it. Mm -hmm. So he'd be like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you why are you backing up? Stop. Like have him actually go, stop doing that thing. Yeah. Don't do it. And she can she could say, I, I can't not do it, dude. Mm-hmm. But like we don't get any of that. If we can get the internal and the external to meet for her in that moment, then we're then we're in good shape, right? Because We've got her struggle happening, and then we have a touchstone saying of Sean being like, no, 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 please don't let this happen. Mm-hmm. And she could be like, I can't help it. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Then we go, oh, fuck, peril. It's right. not just external peril. It's in her, and she's got to fucking get through it somehow it comes down to it for her they're still her parents that inter that she's dealing with and so so you can then once you have that you can play it out the way it plays out right like she can she can go into the water she can he can go after her she he can kiss her underwater and have that moment of like oh shit like i'm here to save you and then she you know fuck dude she it would be even a little bit more fucked up and satisfying to me instead of because the act of him getting taken and her coming out of the water is so passive from mm-hmm. her. I would like to see her have to make a decision in there and sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. If she realizes, oh, shit, this is my way out. I thought he was my way out in the above world and it turns out and through something positive like love turns out he's my out down here right she has that really interesting quote the only thing worse than hate can be love because of how strong it is or how the only thing that can be stronger something like that right and to see her have to make a decision on that because how Cause I could, I don't know. Cause that's the thing I, I don't know. And it would be really interesting to see her choose either sacrifice him to save her or sacrifice herself to save him out of love. And, and it, it, the thing that it would do, and I think it would make us feel good is that in, in any good tragedy, you know, even though we may come out like the hero or whatever may come out. Oh, you know, okay not okay but like they serve let's say they survive they carry the scars of of the struggle and the the toll of enlightenment with them and 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 it makes us go fuck yeah yeah there's a cost but it's a cost that's worth uh you know the burden is worth it 
to to have enlightenment. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but like by and large it is, and that's what makes it tragic is that if we see that she in she knew in order to save herself, she had to sacrifice him, she made that decision. And then we see her on the other side walking away. It's so much more tragic and gut-wrenching to know that she made that choice and is going to, yes, she succeeded. She got what we wanted her to get, which is to live and to have a life outside of this shitty existence that she had. But she has to carry the burden of that decision with her. I feel and that's life. Right. That I, is fucking life. I feel like maybe they were going there, but then they just thought that, which is not what you want to do for a horror movie, but it just felt like it was too, they, they didn't want to have her, you know, choose to kill him kind of thing. But then, yeah, but then what you get is just kind of, it's just pretty passive. It's just kind of, okay. It just, it merely played out and they were there. Right. And that, I think, you know, and I have to rewatch, well, actually watch, I only watched like a third of it, um, the, uh, what's it called? Crimson Peak. I but have Crimson not Peak seen it. feels equally from what I watched. It just, there's a passivity to it that bothers me in these gothic horror tales. Uh, the Innocence had it to a certain degree, although she's really kind of like f- just flipping out. Um, the others has it, uh, there's a, there's one called, um, awakening. I think it's called awakening. Uh, that's, that's good, but like still has this sort of passivity where it's like stuff. They're just experiencing the, the mood since I, uh, well, since I, you know, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, I really want you to see still, since I already did recommend Dead This, I won't do it again, but there's, it's not so much a gothic horror, but like Irish kind of horror film. It's not Ghost. It's um, called Don't Leave Home. And it goes more in that direction of um, a little more like it's a story or a fable being told like Araminthari, but modern day mm. set kind of going back to this old world. Um, yeah. Don't Leave Home. I want to know what you think of that one, Tim. Uh, I, I, I don't I it sounds so familiar it's it's uh, you, did I watch it I don't know um do you have anything else leave. on all that because I I agree with all that but the thing I tuned into was a bit of a different issue um you know to be honest no like Great. everything there's nothing else that really like I said, I so much of the movie is doing things well, <laughs> except for this, like, catharsis. Right. So I I approach that, like, catharsis. I want, like, you're totally right. Yeah, it should have those things. But, like, where my mind goes first is the kind of our relation to the to buying into or buy, not buying into like the supernatural stuff, like as far as what is too much or too little at any given point when we're, this is supposed to be like a grounded reality. It's not as like, we're telling a story storybook like Ermentari is right. Um, yet. So then you have though, like the moment at the beginning when, and it is at the beginning like pretty close to the beginning where we see like the, the ghost parents or whatever floating above the lake dripping. 
I immediately was like, uh, okay, well, not scary. I'm not scared of this movie anymore because it's just kind of showing this stuff like way up front in a way that doesn't really seem mysterious, seems more about the aesthetics of like the water and the drippiness and they're right. floating. And I was like, oh, that's cool though. I'm in it in the sense where it's cool and it's fun. But it's it's kind of like a weird middle ground when it is trying to be a more realistic thing versus a more storybook thing. So like right. by the end when it's when it's just like full on, you know, showing the upside down house and the the all the ghost people, the ghost relatives or whatever they are, kind of just like full blown like zombies reaching out to them or whatever. I was just kind of like, it's just it's just so much. Like I'm not. I'm not, it's just, I don't know. It's not really into it in a way that I, that I feel like I should be at this point. Yeah. It's either yeah, too, I feel that. it's either too much of showing that or it's too little of a different kind of more, um, a kind of filmmaking that wasn't there. You know, like, yeah. You know what? I think part of why it doesn't work or like why we're having this feeling is, which you kind of said, if not alluded to, there's a rhythm to, well, to filmmaking in general, but there's a rhythm to storytelling that we, you know, you want to kind of, you want to have things be like come in waves, but every wave should be a little bit bigger than the last one. Especially with a moody, tonal, thing like this so it's like yeah get some glimmers get some some smaller waves early on like when they peak you go "Ooh, what was that but then it settles down and we get more mood and then you get another wave and like it almost does this but like you're saying it kind of kind of lets a couple big ones out of the bag early that we go okay and then we never really get them back we, right. it doesn't lead to a thing maybe that's part of why I was saying like I don't get I didn't get it is that, that that's part of the it that I wasn't getting it's like then suddenly we're in the third act and the fucking creature or whatever the, the apparition people are out of the box like they're just out like, we didn't see them out any other time. We were, like, be waiting this whole time for that reveal. But then it just happens without much fanfare, really. They just sort of come out and we go, okay, no, well, now they're out. Yeah. And we see them <laughs> and, you know. Exactly. There's a way. I mean, Jaws, you could just always just go back to Jaws. <laughs> just always go back to Jaws. You don't have to show the thing. But when you show the thing finally, do it around the midpoint. Right. Or right. if your movie's Deep Blue Sea, then be Deep Blue Sea. Don't be Jaws. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, find the rhythm that makes sense for what you're trying to depict. And, and you know, it, it, it's not strict. It's not like there's a formula that says it has to be this, this, or this. But, like, there's kind of a vibe that you, you get. Don't, don't. Uh, what what's the expression don't don't give us the shark before we want to see the shark <laughs> right or i mean for me it's like imagine this is is like if jaws uh if jaws had still the mood of jaws but then showed the sharks like deep blue sea that's what this feels like like 
Uh, That's right. Yeah, that doesn't work. Those those don't go together. Like we see at the beginning, I forget which one actually came first. There's um, the the I guess the father, whatever the the, a male ghost kind of stepping aside into the shadows at the beginning, and then like classic like look over and it's gone again. Like yeah, do that. You know you can you can still have that beat, but like don't show it like as clearly or something but don't but don't have that be in this movie or just don't have it you, yeah you've established this here's a here's the problem actually this really is probably more to the point for me you've established that there is a doorway to the bad thing yeah um very Onibaba. and if you do if you do certain things if you break certain rules that the bad thing will come out of that door. If that's true, you don't get to have apparitions standing behind a pillar. You don't, unless you see where it, that it came out. It came out of the doorway mm-hmm. in the floor, right? Like you can't have both. It, 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 it just messes it up. Yeah. You can have her seeing things uh i don't even know if you can have that like it it becomes this kind of muddled mess you here's what it is i think you have to distinguish the entity from the her sort of like visions so, mm-hmm. right you can have the little things you get to have the eel and you can have like things getting drippy mm-hmm. they're all precursors to the door opening you can have a bunch of those, but you can't have a fucking person standing there. <laughs> right. Otherwise, who cares when the door opens that people come out? Right. They're already what out. Is- like, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> you got to build up. If you're going to set something up that is a build up to a big reveal, you can't show the thing. Right. And I guess that kind of just it's messy. It kind of gets at too, even though it has these set rules, like we have no really clear kind of like, um, at least I, that I remember connection between her starting to test those rules and the pushback like yeah we we get it they're kind of like starting to harass her more and stuff but yeah as far as the like i i don't know why why aren't they doing more why aren't they doing less like do they gain or lose power or were they like at any given time based on how much is she doing does she have any way like how did she actually get away each time were they intentionally letting her away like i don't know also, you had rules. Mm-hmm. If you set up rules that can't be broken uh, or that there are consequences to them being broken, then, you know, be a little clear about when those have been broken and what the consequences are. Yeah. let make a really big deal out of it if they stay up after midnight. Oh, shoot. It's midnight. Yeah. Like the water came out of that door in the floor. Hatch. Um, and Edward was super pissed off the next morning because she, the chime had already chimed, right? She hadn't gotten home yet. So that's, that one works, right? Cause you go, Ooh, they, they started to come out or they were ready to come out. The water was coming out because she was almost late. Like they were getting ready to come out. That's freaky. But if that if you set that rule, then progress from there. Yeah. 
like have the things, have the little things that the the them pushing on the door, so to speak, you can do in a million different ways, right? Without them actually coming through the door. You can have her seeing things like that suggest the 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 coming of the door opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All sorts of little stuff, right? And on the on top of that, you can I think a big mistake that they made is that the moment she sees her dad drown her mom is played out as, oh, I just remembered this. No, you should have spent the whole movie having flashes of that memory and either ignoring them for what they are. So you could here's look. If I were doing that, building that sequence of 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 reveal, I would take the and this is kind of, I think, what they were trying to do, but it doesn't it doesn't play out right. Every time you see the parents and they're dripping, you just you're just going, oh, this is just sort of cool visuals because they drowned. But if you're getting pieces of that memory from her. That's what we're actually seeing is pieces of the memory, but they are depicted inaccurately to the reality that when we get the reality, we get her actually looking at the memory for real and seeing what it is. All of the things we've seen prior to that add up to it and we go, fuck, this whole time she hasn't been seeing things. She's been remembering things. Mm -hmm. And we and that feels good. We go, oh, shit. Now we know we 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 got the answer. Mm -hmm. This does sort of a meandering other version of that that doesn't kind of have a string connecting it. And look, some people don't want the string. I I get it. That's not for everybody. It's a for me. I I really like that. I want it in my in storytelling. I want you to, to have aha moments that make you go, oh, shit. All those things I was seeing before that I was sort of wondering about and had thoughts and ideas about what it could be added up to this. And that's not exactly what I thought. Or maybe I had a thought that it would be this, but like I got confirmation. That's super pleasing to me. Mm -hmm. This just took sort of like design visuals that are cool and showed them to us kind of without context. And it never that's that's why I say, like, cool, it's cool. It looks cool. Right. But it doesn't make me feel good. Well, it's it was lacking the context of, like, how much of a threat is it at any given point. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. (laughs) Nor was it just creepy in itself enough just to be, oh, it's mere presence. I mean, shit, dude, here's an idea. You have that opening moment where the the hatch start like water starts to come through the hatch, right? Let's see that fucking progress where it's like when and, and Edward really reprimanded her for this for being almost late. So when they actually break a rule, which Edward fucking does, he invites somebody in, which is fine, but have us then get consequence to that. The consequence isn't that Edward killed somebody. It's that the water should like the level of water in the house should rise to a, a like a, a much higher level. 
and be a threat. Mm-hmm. Where it's like they live on the second floor and the fucking they, she should come out of she should hear something and come out of her fucking bedroom and see that the water level is all the way to the banister. Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck, that shit's coming. Well, we fucked up. You, I, I can imagine uh, maybe they wanted to, but it was a real historical place they were filming as as their interior. So maybe they just didn't. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I mean, no, I, I just it's just they, funny. You know, they did enough visually where they could have. They could have made that happen without destroying a house. No, you're right. It shouldn't be an excuse. But, I mean, that's just an idea, right? Like, you do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I'm just saying, like, that's an example of how you progress an initial idea into a bigger threat. Yeah. But showing an apparition of a person standing behind a fucking pillar and then having it disappear when you look back, it 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 means nothing. It's actually just cheap. It it, it doesn't it doesn't speak <laughs> to the story. Yeah. It's just like ah, scare. <laughs> oh. Fuck you. <laughs> like I I think those are fucking cheap as hell. Like we, everybody thinks those are cheap. Yeah. Even people who like them think they're cheap. But you can right. You can you do, do it, that, yeah. But you got to do it in a way that speaks to the point of the fucking story. Yeah, have perp- Yeah, have it be about that. Give it gravitas. Totally. Yeah. Not just, okay, so, here's that beat. Um, <laughs> right, right, which so it, it very much was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much cooler if it was like, if they had to show them floating above the lake at the beginning, just to show it without showing it, like just show like a dripping wet dead foot. That's just kind of like her direction floating. And we're like, what? dude, that first that that was the first image, right? Like yeah. the first that I was like, leave it there. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't if you want to back out to the wide and show that that's fine. Don't do it then. Mm-hmm. Do it way later in the movie. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Te- like, come on, dude. It's gothic horror, man. Like, tease it out. Yeah. Otherwise, like, what? Otherwise, for all the reasons we said and the whatever other reasons, we're going to be let down by the ending. Like we were. Right. Well, well, yeah. well, Tim, I feel like that covers what did not work pretty well. <laughs> I yeah, don't know I about feel like you. it does, too. All right. Well, with that, the lodger. shoulder hurts. And with that. <laughs> I was gesticulating a lot during that explanation of my dismay. I'm sorry, <laughs> you listening missed out on it. That was only for me, my enjoyment. Thank you for your gesticulation, Tim. You can imagine. <laughs> all right, all right. Yes, we could hear it. Okay, next section, last section things of note. <laughs> This should be interesting. I mean, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, Tim, but seeing David Bradley, as we know, as Filch from the Harry Potter movies, it was a trip seeing him pop up in this looking exactly the same 20 years (laughs) after the first Harry Potter movie. (laughs) Yeah, I like I like me some Filch. (laughs) Seeing him violently stabbed to death. That was kind of that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but hey, yeah, shout out to Filch. Um, so did you look up at about this actual property at all? It was pretty cool. Oh, no. So it's called um, Loftus Hall. It is in Ireland. 
And it's okay. just, there's like, if you go to the Wikipedia, there's just like, and even the main website, there's like such a storied history to it of like battles taking place there and just all this, all this stuff. But now as far as the, um, some of the, the paranormal ghost stories surrounding it, I really wanted to mm. share with you and tell you as it's written on the website here, loftushall.ie slash about Tim, can I regale you the legend of Loftus Hall? Please do. All right. Just a few, just a couple, a few paragraphs. Bear with me. Loftus Hall stands alone and austere on the bleak landscape. This backdrop adds to its eerie story. It is for many years said to have been visited by the devil. So <gasps> many people from the surrounding area are nervous to enter the place after dark. Legend <laughs> has it that during a storm at sea, a dark stranger approached the hall on horseback after his ship was driven into nearby Slade Harbor with rough seas. He was invited in to seek shelter and spent some days with the Tottenham family who were living at the hall at the time. The young lady, Anne Tottenham, was especially taken with this dark stranger and fell head over heels for him. One night during a card game, she dropped a card and upon bending down to retrieve it, she noticed that this dark stranger had cloven hooves instead of feet. As soon oh, <laughs> oh, shit! As soon as he realized what she had seen, he shot through the roof in a ball of flames. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Pretty extreme. Anne never recovered. She went into a state of shock and madness, I guess understandably so, and her family locked her in the tapestry room for fear that anyone would see her. She died a couple of years later, still quite young, but her death was no release as servants and family members reported seeing her wandering through the house at night the family had the local catholic priest exercise the hall but he could not exercise the tapestry room this story has been told through the years and many have said there's something about certain areas of the hall its atmosphere the temperature and the general feeling of unease since loftus hall was reopened to the public in 2012 for house tours people claim to have felt and seen things in the hall that have left them wondering hmm wow you can also go to this website and watch live cams of the rooms at night Cool. You know what it sounds like to me? What? It sounds like some girl who lived there met a dude who was kind of hot, or she was just, you know, had it was opportunity, and they banged, and her dad had a flip out and, you know, went puritan insanity oh so it was the dad who turned into a ball of flames and shot through the roof no no (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) dad had a flip out because you know daughters can't have sex and uh they locked her in a room and she went fucking crazy because she was fucking locked in a room and she killed herself that's what it sounds like to me yep and then some dickhead made up this story to, to make it, you know, e- the devil's evil and it's all fucking, it's all a fucking allegory for don't have sex. Yep. That's right. what it sounds like to me. Even if, uh, but I'll watch that movie. Right. Even if uh, she did see um, hooves and he burst into flames, yeah, the, real horror, see, the real you know horror, the real horror is being. Hooves. She saw his dick. And she she looked under the table because he was playing footsie with her and he had taken his wiener out under the table and she saw that and she got very excited. And either way, uh, your take on the story. (laughs) And then they banged. The horror is. And dad came in and was like, 
How dare you? Either way, the horror is a girl being locked in her room. That's right. That is, that's really the lesson here. Calm down and let your kids have at it when they're ready. That's <laughs> the moral of the story, folks. <laughs> Stop oppressing people's sexuality. The lodgers. I do like <laughs> stories. I realize I just watched um, Pirates of the Caribbean 2. Oh, yeah. I just watched Pirates, rewatched Pirates of the Caribbean, too. The whole, it was so nice. The the whole motivation of Elizabeth Swan and Orlando Bloom, his name, they just want to have sex with each other. That's their motivation, like the whole movie. It's like starting off their wedding night and then it gets interrupted. (laughs) And then the rest of the movie is just them trying to get back together. And I like, like, for that kind of, for the tone of those movies, it's like perfect. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so I like that was this because I think I was going with that mindset. That was kind of just like her story with wanting the boyfriend, you know, and she like kept trying yeah. to like get in the mood with herself and she was thinking about him and then something would happen. Weird yeah. brother bursts into the room, ghost bursts into the room, whatever. Eel comes out of the bathtub, just couldn't catch a break. Really? You know, I got to say, this is my personal view on this. You can disagree. I don't fucking care. Here's what I think. It is one of the craziest things that that humans came up with this notion of like purity <laughs> over the thing that we are biologically programmed to do. Like what the fuck? I don't think they yeah, we had words have for some, biology. Have some sex. <laughs> Why is sex such a fucking big deal? Calm down, everyone. I wish I could see you back in Puritan England being like. (laughs) Man. Oh, God. Can you imagine me in Puritan England? I'd have so many feathers in my hat. You'd have lost your voice from screaming at everyone by now if you were somehow still alive. (laughs) Oh, dude. I. Oh, my God. I would have been castrated so early. (laughs) Yeah. I still want you to see uh, The Devils. Check out that movie. Ken the Devils. Yeah. Have I seen that one? No. I recommend edit it. Oh. I think you'll like it. So many devils. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. So that was Loftus Hall and whatever else. Uh, you know, I'm going to say one more thing. Sexual oppression, really, really all it is is dads ha- being uncomfortable with their daughters. That's what it is. That's all it comes down to. It's a bunch of dads... Who are like, I don't want to imagine my daughter having sex. And so then you get all this sexual oppression, this like literature about the it's the devil and whatever the fuck. It's, you know, you're you're evil if you want to have sex. It's all because nobody says that shit about a dude who goes around raping people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like as a cultural thing. We, we kind of brush all, you know, it's just guys being guys. It's just a thing that you got to sow them wild oats or whatever. Right? Like, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Get the fucking life, everybody. <laughs> Things of note. Um, yeah, go go to Bali and paint your painting or Belize, right? Yeah! <laughs> so, Tim... Paint, paint a big penis. Who gives a fuck? Tim, paint all... Paint a penis going into a vagina. It doesn't matter. As serious Sex as... Sex is great. This is, Tim... There's some really some 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 even more important news that came out of um, some research regarding this film. 
Oh, whoa! Really? More, more important than bring us br- bring us back down to reality. Sexual here, oppression. Okay. okay, I'm ready for it. Repression, oppression. It's more important than both. So, Charlotte Vega, who stars in this film as Rachel, right? She is going to be playing the character Jess Shaw in a new film slated to come out this month. It's already or this year. It's already been shot. It is the seventh film in one of your favorite series, Tim. It's called Wrong Turn, The Foundation. Stop it. Tim, it has been six years since the sixth Wrong Turn film (laughs) came out in 2014. And I know every year that's gone by that they haven't announced a Wrong Turn film has been a little less bright of a world for you. (laughs) But we'll get to see Charlotte Vega uh, come, coming uh, hopefully this year. It's been shot. Either way, we'll see it. In Wrong Turn, The Foundation. Is it called Wrong Turn, The Foundation, Return of Doobie? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it could be his origin story. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Well, put that one in the hat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Well, that's cool. I like her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Matthew Bodine is in it, too. Like, okay. Oh, no. <laughs> right, that does you bad. Remember what Matthew Modine did to Mandy Moore? No. He fucking, he sent Mandy Moore down with the sharks. In, you oh, know. yeah. And, and it's all his fault. Right. We have seen him in a movie before in this show. <laughs> it's all connected, Tim. God, is it ever. <laughs> now we get to see them both together at <laughs> last. Finally. In these two films. Okay, great. Um, well, if you have a recommendation, I'd love to hear it. Or do you want to hear mine? Oh, I'd love to hear yours. Tim, I've never seen this film. I don't know if it's, I mean, maybe it's a classic if you're like, you're <laughs> not as young as us. Um, but I'd never seen Around the World in 80 Days. And I watched oh, the OG. It's yeah. so good. I watched that for the first time, Tim. It was just so fun. Like those main characters, of course, as you'd say, it's problematic, but oh, <laughs> oh, that is an understatement. <laughs> and I was also able to have tons of fun with just the adventure yarn of it all. Like and and just this the, the final kind of save at the end. I did not see coming. Um, I, it was perfect. I watched it as a uh, Saturday matinee and it was just perfect for that. Yeah. Around the world in 80 days. Need no say more. I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, I don't really know what mine is. You know what I've been doing though? Maybe I'll post this. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I, Obviously, love the the Marvel movies, and I you know grew up reading Marvel comics. And when we got through whatever, however twenty some odd movies of Marvel movies, uh, I, I made up like a viewing order of all of the Marvel movies, and it was basically chronological. Like it just was based on like when the movie took place in history like not when it was released like within the within the universe and so i decided i was like oh i'm gonna do that i'll go through them while i have nothing better to do in quarantine 
I'll just like watch one a day or something like that for, for three weeks. And then I realized really quickly that my chronological order doesn't work. And I, so I had to go back and like redo an order. So I'll put it, I'll put it on our Instagram. (laughs) Why doesn't it work? How did you arrive at it? Because when you look at the whole thing, like if you sort of look at the, all of the movies as one big story, there's a good, there's a appropriate structure to how that story unfolds and wraps up. I, I made that list initially before the final Endgame, Avengers Endgame, which sort of ends the whole story. So there's threads kind of within this big overall yeah. story, and now you've ordered it just to kind of like tell these different little sub-threads. Is that by the gemstones? Yeah, so this would be considered the Infinity Saga, right? Um, it starts, I mean, in real time, it started with Iron Man was the first Marvel movie of this saga and ends technically it ends with the last Spider-Man which was um, uh, Far From Home but that movie kind of serves more like a coda to the Infinity Saga it really the saga ends with Avengers Endgame and what I realized in making this new structure to it or new order, it's pretty close actually to how they were released in real time. Um, it's not exactly that, but it's it's similar. And I realize there are basically four six movie um, sections, oh. four quarters, and each quarter can be played out by itself and and actually pretty well works. And when you look at it from those four quarters, it has internally a really good appropriate arc to it as well like the quarters make sense in regards to the whole and that if they're done in that order and that supersedes like i so but at the same time it is still all a greater overall single story which like for me it can be fun to see that play out in a chronological order it is and and that's there's like one caveat in the thing that i made in that like there's a post-credit scene or it's like a mid-credit scene in Captain Marvel that where I put Captain Marvel in my order, that scene would make no sense. So I just have a caveat. It's like a little asterisk. It says, like, don't watch the mid-credit scene in this movie. But as far as, like, that, any greater satisfaction from watching a chronological thing, you still think it's nicer or you get more satisfaction seeing these this- threads? Yeah, this is way more satisfying to me, mm-hmm. for sure. Because it's like, your first section is sort of establishing all of the main four characters. Mm-hmm. So those first six movies are Iron Man, <laughs> Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, the, uh, Thor just the first Thor, uh, and Captain America, the first Avenger. And then that all culminates with the first Avengers movie. So those six movies, you could play that out and that you you could walk away from that and be like, cool. And then the second section, a similar thing happens. It's all very sort of Avengers oriented. It's sort of the next phase. And then the third section is actually almost entirely origin movies of new characters. And then the fourth section plays out everything really leading up to 
the final movie. Is it chronological within those chunks? Mm, pretty much. Okay. It jumps a little bit. Like, for example, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger takes place in 1943 and through 45. But then the final scene in that movie is Captain America being pulled out of the ice in modern time, yeah. which leads directly into the Avengers. Um, similarly, in the third quarter of these things, you know, Captain Mar I put Captain Marvel in that third quarter because it's an origin story and you also have Ant-Man origin story. You also have Doctor Strange origin story. You have Black Panther origin story. So you have uh, – and Spider-Man. So you have these other sort of intro to all these new characters that play a part in the last quarter. Well, I'm, uh, um, I'm kind of hitting my Marvel so yeah. limit here. <laughs> I, oh, you don't want to talk about it more? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Because I, I could go on. I know. And I look forward to seeing it on our Instagram. Please be so thorough. So my recommendation is my viewing order cool. of the Marvel movies. I, um, I actually, which I will post I, somewhere. I am genuinely interested in it because I think coming from the horror place, though, of like being fascinated by franchises and like wanting to put together the connectivity and like the choices that were made, whether it's all over the place, Friday the 13th, whatever, they're all all over the place. It's just fun to look at it as a whole. And that's the side that I'm approaching it from where I'm interested in it. It's interesting. Oh, and I think it's for indulging me. (laughs) I look forward to seeing it. Um, I always want to mention if I've watched something that, uh, or eaten or listened to something we've recommended to each other, Tim, I watched the Beastmaster after you recommended it. <laughs> uh, I'd seen it so many times as a kid. It was kind of a trip watching it again after oh, yeah. so long. I didn't realize at the time it was Don Coscarelli who made it from Phantasm, Bubba Hotep fame. That was cool. Oh no shit. Um, I never really realized that either. But aside from, yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I could it. see it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I enjoyed it. Good recommendation. Cool. cool. All right. All right. All right. So Tim, I think we should wrap it up. We've gone let's on. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Um, let's figure out next week's episode is what we have to do lastly. We're going to, is it your turn? It's my turn. I believe it feels like, and stop. Velvet buzzsaw submitted by Max. All right. I think this is another uh, newer release to Netflix one. That's right. It's a Jake Gyllenhaal jam. Oh, that one. Right. Cool. Look forward to seeing that next week. Me too, actually. I've been holding off watching it just because I knew Max put it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Look forward to that. You can find us in the meantime at dismemberinghorror.com. Our links to whatever you want from us are available there. I think that's Do it. it, Tim. Our big ask, if you enjoy this, if you're still here, please tell a friend. You know, it's t- all horror movie friends just trying to, on, on this shared mission. Let's, let's, let's join us. We're already joined. Join us. Join us. Well, I think that's it, Tim. It was good seeing you and talking as always. And to all of you, in closing. Back at you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tim. And to you. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye.